Heritage Media. Back in the day, if you were to market or advertise your business, you would have to take out an ad in the yellow pages, maybe the newspaper, or even take out an ad spot on the radio. These days, you advertise online on a digital platform, and it's not just an Instagram post. To be successful, you need someone who knows digital, and perhaps maybe even someone who specialises in it. To tell us all about marketing your business in 2021, we chat with Mon McPhail, digital specialist at Wisebury Heritage Real Estate. Hold on to your seat. She's a whirlwind. He's Mon. Betty Butter bought some butter, but she said the butter is better. Yeah. Right. So you we've. Say your tongue twister. My, what was it? Bert. Betty Butter bought some butter. Betty Butter bought some butter, but she thought the butter was bitter. But she said the butter's bitter. But she's. <laughs> Hi, Mon. Hi. You've got to pretend I've done the intro. All right. Oh, okay. Can you tell us what a digital specialist is and how you got into it? So I guess the digital specialist is the real specialty part of digital marketing. So obviously you've got marketing, which is like a broad term and everyone's got, you know, their specialty and mine is digital marketing. Um, I kind of got into it quite organically, really. I studied business and marketing at university and then... Um, I was working in media and then um, doing some travel blogging while overseas and I kind of, that's when I first got introduced into the real digital marketing um, stuff and I actually got to apply it to my own blog and did tons of courses and, you know, freelance for other companies and yeah, just kind of like upskilled along the way. Okay. What kind of qualifications do you actually need to get into this digital space? Is it just, I know it's an arm of marketing, but is there, is there more specialty courses you can do now? Yeah, there definitely would be in this day and age. I guess when I went through university, I only did one subject of digital marketing, actually. Um, I didn't actually perform too well in it, to be honest, compared to the other marketing subjects, but it was something that I was really interested in. Um, I guess... Yeah, digital is always changing. So there's always going to be a new course or a new kind of qualification um, that you can get. I would say get your understandings of like basic marketing and then kind of know where you want to go, what your specialty is, whether it's traditional marketing or digital marketing, and then try to find some courses or work experience to upskill from there. We're going to use a lot of acronyms and terms on today's podcast. And some people are not going to know what you're talking about. So there are a few that are going to come up. SEO, EDM, ad sequencing, backend campaign, CMS, cookies, CPC, CRM, HTML, impressions, organic, qualified leads. Can you tell me some of those? Yeah, sure. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. So essentially um, that's just optimizing your website to appear on the Google search results or the Bing search results or whatever um yeah platform you're using what about edm edm stands for electronic delivered mail so you can actually have like a edm campaign which is like one email or you can come up with um an edm sequencing kind of thing um where one email is triggered by and like you send an email and an action whether they open it or click on a button triggers like a subsequent emails to follow so it's essentially a place the old mail out where you'd put a brochure in an envelope with a stamp and send it to a million people 
Yeah, exactly. But you can do that from a digital version. And instead of like you, with with traditional, maybe the postcard got lost in the mail. Maybe old mate from next door decided to have a look what's in your letterbox. You know, you actually know whether your mail's delivered with the digital um, because, yeah, you can see that they've opened it. You can, if you've got tracking um, on that EDM, then you can see what buttons they've clicked or whether they've gone over to your website. Um, it's actually really cool just kind of how transparent the marketing is. It still has a little hiccup with junk mail and spam folders, doesn't it? Oh, there's always going to be a hiccup with um, junk folders and spam folders with a business like with depending on how many emails that you're sending out on a daily basis and how visible your email is online, um, there's always that kind of issue. But there's definitely things that you can do to combat your mail from landing into your junk or spam folder. Okay. What's back end? So the back end is, I mean, the back end of any kind of like website or any kind of platform. Um, it's just where you make all of the, the changes and manage the content. So the non-pretty stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's a campaign? Um, a campaign's a pretty like loose term, I guess. So you've got like a, a marketing campaign and that can have, that's essentially the umbrella term. And then within that campaign, there's a number of elements. So that could be, you know, some traditional print marketing. That could be a um, an ad campaign within there that runs on social media. You could have some Google search ads. Um, essentially campaigns like the umbrella form and then you kind of choose your mode and method. So what's actually a cookie? Because it's not a biscuit. No, <laughs> although biscuits are delicious. But <laughs> when you're talking about cookies um, from like a digital perspective, they're just um, messages that web server pass to your browser when you visit particular sites. Um, so essentially they can like store them and they're called cookies. So maybe you go to a website, right, and it takes, you know, let's say it's not the best website. So maybe like 15 seconds to load that website. And then you go back again. And this time it's only taking you five seconds or so. It's because it's been to that website before and it's saved like little files, aka the images, which enable the website to load quicker the next time. So it's like, you know, the road, you just drive on it as opposed to never driven, having never driven on it before. And you make stops and you got to ask for directions. And yeah, exactly. Nice, simple way to put it, right? Love it. <laughs> what about impressions? Impressions are the number of times that your ads are seen. Now, this may be by a number of users. So maybe one user has generated five impressions of that one ad. So essentially, it's just how many times your ads popped up. Okay. HTML? HTML is hypertext markup language. So essentially, that's the coding that you use for your websites, your um, email signatures. Um, it's just, yeah, one of the ways that you can code online. That's not necessarily my specialty. So if, um, yeah, if I've said anything wrong. Don't. Don't at you. <laughs> yeah, don't at me. <laughs> and the last one I want to talk about is organic. So, yeah, there's obviously an organic element to digital. There's paid, which you pay for, but then there's organic, which is free. So then that's where you're kind of trying to leverage your following um, or your any kind of interest or engagement that you've generated to try to reach more people. So I imagine most people, most businesses out there are doing a lot of organic and don't understand the digital marketing aspect, which is what we're talking about today. So if I've got a small business, whether it's a cafe or a surf shop, and in your case, real estate, are the principles the same with the digital aspect of marketing? 
So, for example, target audiencing, whether you do own a cafe or a surf shop, you've got a target audience, correct? Yeah, exactly. You've got to identify who your audience is. I would say the principles and the fundamentals are pretty are pretty the same for any kind of marketing campaign. Um, maybe someone of a small business may not have that knowledge, but understanding who your audience is is really the first step to marketing because then you're knowing, okay, this is the type of people that I want to be targeting. These are the type of people that I want to be following on social media if you're going down the organic route as well. So, and you could almost just break that down to the simple male or female age brackets. What are their interests? Exactly. So you typically in the campaign brief, you identify what your lead marketing message is or what you're trying to convey to your audience. Um, You've got an objective, whether your objective is is to book a table or purchase something or subscribe to, you know, um, a monthly email or whatever. And then you essentially just work out the dates that you want, the budget that you have for it, the channels that you want to go on as well um and then yeah your landing page and then other factors in targeting come into consideration like yeah geo-targeting your target demographic you can also do like cookies and audience targeting as well so if someone's visited a website to do with cakes then we know that they're interested in cakes and we're going to target them um with interest targeting okay so going back to little cafe if i want to get my business out there and i've got a small little cafe here in our little central coast area what would be the very first steps and what kind of budget would i be looking at in the beginning just to sort of dip my toes in the water yeah, well, um, a website is always a good place to start. However, it can be a little bit costly up front. I would say the first thing a business should do is, yeah, start on social media. It is a free platform. From there, build your organic following and kind of have a strategy of where you want to go with um, digital and whether you are willing to spend a little bit of money on marketing as well. And when you say a little bit of money, what are we talking? So... <laughs> phone's going off who was that one was that you Kieran is that, no, what, Mom silent. that was producer Kip. no it wasn't producer oh it was Monty Mac oh I'm on oh, I'm on um my airplane I'm on airplane mode <laughs> but I've got wi-fi I'll turn off apologies <laughs> so professional <It's> <laughs> um so if I've got my little cafe, I've got a few people on Facebook, I've got, you know, one or 2,000 followers, a lot of businesses don't have a website. At what point do you think if they're starting to get serious? Of... <laughs> it's At what point do you think we're going to start getting serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was me- oh, you can blame Megan Green. She keeps inviting us to the daily Zoom on my phone and my laptop. <laughs> oh my god i'm just gonna go to the next question i remember (laughs) what i asked you okay um i want to ask you about google there is a lot on google that you can do google search google console google my business there's google ad display google tag manager and google analytics it's a lot Uh, what's the difference yes google suite is is Quite, quite large. So um, Google Search Console, if you've got a website, um, then that really matters to you because essentially it's 
got tools and reports that essentially help measure your website's effectiveness um, on the search results and their performance as well. So it'll identify if you've got any bugs, any errors, um, and just kind of tell you how you're performing um, digitally. Okay. So... That's um, Google Search Console. Then you've got Google My Business, which is more of um, like essentially a listing that appears in the Google search results and in the maps as well. So you'll notice that a lot of every business should have a Google My Business account. It's free. You will need a physical location to send a postcard to to verify your address. Um, But yeah, Google My Business is so important. So is that when I want to Google, oh gosh, pick a subject, a lawnmower, Mm -hmm. a mower man to come to my area. If I type in lawn mowing, it comes up with two or three ads and then a list of lawnmowers. Yeah, so typically the search results do vary. If you've got your location services enabled, the Google um, My Business listings should actually come up before the organic search results. So you will have, depending on how competitive that keyword is, maybe you do have some competitors bidding or some businesses bidding on that keyword because they want to appear first. Um, Sometimes maybe they're not interested in that keyword um, and then following that will be your Google My Business listings, which will come up as like a list and a map. And then your organic search results um, start from there. So are you actually paying for a particular word, whether it's lawn or cafe or anything? Um, so when, when you're talking about Google search ads, yeah, you'd be bidding on a particular keyword um, and you'd be like, I want my ad to show up for this keyword if people are in this specific location, for example. Um, and that's paid, whereas Google My Business is organic. You can definitely do some paid advertising on Google My Business to reach more people, but it's predominantly organic. Okay. And what about the other other Google? <laughs> the ad- other Google things? The other Google things? Yeah. So there's, um, well, there's Google AdWords where you can run... Um, Google search ads, you can run display advertisements, which are those small little box banners that you see sprawled across the internet. Um, And you can also run YouTube advertising from um, Google AdWords. Okay. What about Google tracking? So that is one important aspect to any digital marketing campaign. Um, The platform does track, but you will need other tools to essentially track different actions that a user takes. So perhaps you've got a campaign um, which is optimized for conversions and the conversion that you've identified is filling in a form on your landing page. Well, you actually use Google Tag Manager to embed your tags and Google Analytics to track the analytics of your website. So essentially, um, those two tools are really important in setting up tracking where you're identifying, you know, goals and events that people can take on your website, um, which essentially just helps you to optimize your ad campaign because you're optimizing for specific things, specific actions that users are taking on your website. Is that hard to do? It's actually quite, the tracking's really technical. Um, You can, there's actually a few different ways of doing tracking as well, but it's quite technical and fiddly. Um, But once you get the hang of it, it's kind of like riding a bike. So it's a specialist? Yeah. (laughs) Are there any other Googles I've missed? Oh gosh, not that I can think of. Okay. So we can't talk about digital marketing and not discuss Facebook or Instagram. And a lot of businesses will boost their post. They'll post 
about a special they got at their restaurant or a dress sale they're having and they think I'll spend $20 and boost that post. Is that worthwhile? Oh, it really depends on the business. I guess any anyone with a business page can boost a post on social media. So when you're boosting a post, you're quite limited in terms of targeting. So yeah, you can choose a geolocation to target, but there's not really any interest targeting at all. Um, you can retarget people who've liked your page or your friends who've liked your page. But essentially, you're boosting a post so it reaches more people. Whereas if you were to do an ad campaign, it's a lot more targeted. There's a lot more strategy to it. So I guess it really depends on the product. So for example, maybe a cafe who doesn't have that large of a budget or a digital specialist, it might be worth for them to boost $20 to reach more people to tell them about their special the special at the restaurant whereas if you're marketing for example your biggest asset like your house you're not going to just boost a post to reach more people and hope that they're interested in purchasing a house yes because it's it's a lot more targeted um the purchase process is a lot longer you I I guess it really depends on the circumstance um I think there is a space for boosting for small businesses who don't have the resources um however if you do have access to a digital specialist or if you want to do real digital marketing you don't boost post essentially okay so talking about that you don't just boost post at Wisebury when you're got a $700,000 house to to advertise or to sell? No. What do you do? Well, it really depends on the property. Typically, one strategy that I do is I'll we've got access to our website and we've got tracking set up. So let's say, for example, this house is in Norahead. Um, then I know, oh, we've had this, we've got a number of website users who are searching for a property in Norahead. Perhaps they're searching at a certain price point as well. So if that's the case, then I can go, all right, I'm going to retarget everyone who's been to our website in the last 180 days who's interested in purchasing in Noraville. So that's kind of like a re, um, yeah, a retargeting aspect to the campaign. Then I would, there's, Essentially, I'd do the ad and I'd do it a couple of different ways with a couple of different targeting. I'd remarket to the, our current audience who are already engaged with our brand and who are already interested in a house, maybe in Nora Head or maybe at a particular price point or maybe it's the bedrooms. Maybe this family's after four bedrooms. And if you've got a really good database, um, then it actually makes your marketing a lot easier because another strategy that you can do is you can export your database and email addresses upload them to a social media platform. If that um, email address is associated with a Facebook page, then we can retarget them that way. Or we could, you know, look at all the traffic that our website's generated in the last particular period. And then Facebook can spit out a lookalike audience. There's also interest targeting. So Obviously, in real estate, people are on domain.com.au and realestate.com.au. So we're remarketing to, we're targeting users who are interested in that. Another thing is, oh, you want to buy a house? Oh, you probably want to have your loan sorted. So then we're targeting people who are looking for mortgage brokers. Um, it can get quite technical, but they're some of the yeah top top things that we do yeah. with our marketing campaigns. Okay. 
what about Instagram? Is there any way I can have an ad on there or target more followers so my reach is greater? And how do I promote something within my business on there? So Instagram um, ads are ran through Facebook Business Manager. Uh, Instagram's are really good for like e-commerce style products. I'm not sure if you've seen those like shoppable Instagram posts or Instagram stories where you click on it and then the essentially you've got a catalog that you've set up in your Facebook catalog there and then that links over to the product. So it comes up with the price and then you click on it and it goes over to the website and then you can purchase it from there. It's free to set up a catalog um, and have shoppable posts that are organic. So that's a really good way. Um, it will take a little bit of time to learn how to do that but that's a good way that a business can do something organic on Instagram. Otherwise, jump on Facebook Business Manager and you can run some ads from there. There are so many different placements. I think there's around 15 different ad placements um, between or on the Facebook Instagram network as well. And they do work seamlessly with each other. So you sort of do, if you have one, you should just have the other because they link. Yeah, exactly. Typically when we run a campaign, we'll run it both on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it really depends on your budget though, because if you, if you're spreading your budget too thin, um, then you're probably better off choosing a platform. Otherwise, if you do have enough budget for sure, target both. Okay. And if I'm not overly sure about Facebook or Instagram, I know how to do the basics. Where is there somewhere I can go to learn a little bit more? Is there some tutorials in Facebook and Instagram? Where should I go? Yeah, so um, I would, yeah, start in the Facebook Ads Manager, watch some of their videos, read some of their articles. There's so many courses online. Um, if you're wanting to get into running ads, you can even get um, linked up with an expert from the Facebook Ads team as well. And they'll actually set up like a time to sit down with you and help you set up and optimize your campaign as well. So um, the platform itself does provide you with some resources, but if you do your own research, there's plenty out there. Okay. And there's a lot of talk about, say, keywords and keyword research. Is this different to hashtags? And can you explain hashtags to people that don't really understand hashtags? Yeah, no worries. So hashtags are predominantly for social media. So for example, Instagram's really popular with hashtags. Facebook never, it never really used to come into play. But in the last couple of years, um, hashtags have become more prominent. But you mostly see it on Instagram. So your hashtag, whether like, if it's a dog, dog, hashtag dogs, hashtag dogs of Instagram, if you've got a particular dog breed, typically um, the hashtags are topical. So if you're targeting a hashtag that has a lot of content and a lot of exposure, you could get some really good traction for your business as well that way. But I guess the high volume hashtags aren't necessarily going to get you the best results because they're so saturated. You really need to have a good post with a lot of engagement in a really short amount of time if you want to really break through to get seen on those really um, high volume hashtags or you can opt for something a little bit more local. So we do a lot of local hashtags here um, just for the local region. The competition's a little bit lower and it's actually more relevant to us because we're selling homes in those particular areas anyway. Yeah. And what do you think is the biggest mistake businesses, oh, sorry, business owners and people out there are making just trying to promote something, whether it's a product or their business? Um, oh, biggest mistake. I would say not knowing their audience. 
the first thing you need to know, what is your audience and what objective are you trying to achieve? Without knowing who you're marketing to and what you're trying to achieve, you're literally just throwing a bunch of stuff out there and hoping that something sticks and you get some kind of results. I would say probably, yeah, get some strategy behind you. The more strategy and planning that you have to go to market, the better results you tend to get. Okay. Now there are a ton of tools and programs out there. If I've only got a limited budget and a little bit of knowledge, is there something you would recommend where I should start? Yeah, I think social media is a really good place to start. Start start your socials there. It really depends what the business is. If you're um, a local business, you can you can boost your post to reach more people. Um, but I that doesn't necessarily get you the best long term results. I would definitely look at having a website, um, having a Google My Business listing. The, probably the two most important are social media and your Google by business listing, especially if it is a physical location and those two things are free. Okay. Then if you do have um, additional resources that you can make a website, definitely make a website, SEO optimize that website as well. Try to get into blog content. So creating regular content and driving traffic to your website. Um, and then you can kind of look at more digital. You could even have like an email um, sequencing where you have a monthly email where you capture you, the data from your audience and then you send them out like a monthly email with the specials or whatever that are going on. Um, and then there's so, like advertising as well on Google AdWords or social media. Okay. Now, you not only just – I don't even know where to start with what you do – you market for Wiseby Real Estate offices, 26 sales agents, 22 property managers and 50 to 60 homes each month. Is there a program you use or something you recommend to keep all your thoughts, ideas, pros, like where, what do you, what software do you use? What apps do you use? Yeah. So I like to be organized. So internally we use Trello to organize everything. I just find it really easy to use and dump a lot of thoughts and keep a lot of like when you've got so many different parts moving, um, it's really easy to keep track of the parts, set due, di due dates as well. If you want to attach any um, images or assets, I find Trello really easy to manage my own workload internally. There's also other programs like monday.com and um, we, we use Slack internally to communicate with our team. We also use WhatsApp. Um, Gosh, I use so many different programs to do what I do. So it's really hard to say to choose one particular. I would definitely recommend RFs or SEMrush if you're going down the SEO space. If you're thinking more of like the EDM campaign, um, you can use like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign as well. Um, then advertising, gosh, you can run advertising on like Google AdWords, on Facebook, Instagram, on Pinterest, on YouTube, like... You can even go to a publication, um, you know, like News Corp as well, and you can run some programmatic ads through them. Um, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of options available. So it's just trying to find what platform is best suited to your target audience. Okay. So I'd also jump on the platform and have a look at the demographics of the users who are on that platform. So for example, Pinterest performs really well in like the home garden renovation space as well because it's more like aspirational content um we can place ads on there for homes but the chances of someone going on 
you know, Pinterest to look for a home are pretty low. They're kind of more looking for aspirational homes from yeah. there. Okay. So Pinterest is something if you're selling lounges or decor or... Yeah, I Pinterest is actually another like really underutilized platform. So I used it really well with our honeymoon travel blog. We would post, um, you know, a few pins of, oh, the best places to honeymoon in Asia. And then that pin would generate a lot of traction and that would link back to the blog, which is on the website. So then I'm not only getting traffic from Google search results and also from like social media sharing links of the articles, even though that's kind of banned at the moment with all that drama mm. that's happening yeah. with um, news and the government and stuff like that. But you can also use Pinterest as a way to channel traffic through to your website as well. Okay, so just speaking of um, the, the laws changing, what are some of the challenges that you do face as a digital marketing specialist with regards to laws and software updates and how do you safeguard what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, well, I guess things just change very quickly. You really need to be up to date with what's happening. So whether Google's doing a massive update on um, how they crawl and what they're looking for in the search engine results, then you can just kind of keeping on track to make sure um, that you're optimizing your website for what exactly what Google's looking for so you can get the algorithm in your favor. Um, and then there's things that are just out of your control. Like honestly, everything that's happening with the, you know, Facebook and the government and the, and the news providers, that's really um, out of our control. I would say um, that ha- does have an impact on what we do digitally because essentially Facebook has just removed a ton of content and I know that I know that you probably shouldn't be reading news on Facebook or whatever because there's a lot of fake news. But when push comes to shove, so many people consume their content and their news on social media. So now with the ban of news publications at the moment, we have less placements available. We've also got people who are not really on the platform anymore because they can't like they can't consume their news there. So it's kind of about like demand and supply. And I would say that the implications from the government and Facebook and the news um, sources has actually had a bit of a negative impact just because demand and supply, the the demand I'm sure somewhat has dropped off because people hear that they get scared. They just pull their ad spend um, so there will be a small, a slight decrease in demand, but in supply, there's a huge decrease in supply because there's less articles available to place all those banners. And when you think about it, like there's 15 places you can place your ad um, between Facebook and Instagram. So you've got your Facebook news feed, your Instagram feed, Facebook marketplace, Facebook suggested videos. There's the Facebook right hand column, which is like a banner ad. There's messenger inbox. There's audience network in stream videos. There's Facebook stories, Instagram stories, messages <laughs> stories. There's the audience network native banner, um, the audience network rewarded videos. There's Facebook instant articles, right hand column ads and search results as well. So I'm exhausted. Yeah, there's a lot of options available. So what's the favourite part of your job? Oh, favourite part of my job. I would say I love digital marketing. So I love talking about it. You can tell. I I love um, (laughs) getting really good results. I like, um, you know, planning and having, you know, this is a, this is my strategic, well, my, ours, we're a team here and we all work together really closely. You mean it's, Wisebury's not your business? No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's, 
Yeah, we work as a team. So honestly, a lot of the components of my job wouldn't be possible. You know, without you, you are so experienced in the traditional side of things. Your graphic and design and illustration skills are next level. So, you know, the thing that makes me happy is getting really good campaign results, but we wouldn't be able to get those results without the team. And lastly, as a coastie, where's your favourite place to hang out on weekends? Oh, gosh. It really changes and depends um, on the mood, on the weather. Um, anywhere outside, I really like all the national parks. I like the beaches. My husband and I just bought paddle boards, so we've been doing a lot of paddle boarding. Well, Blue Bay's a really good place to go paddle boarding or surfing. I really like that. Or, um, yeah, anywhere on Lake Macquarie, minus, minus the sharks. But <laughs> <laughs> That's Lake Macquarie's problem, not ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and favourite place to eat? Favourite place to eat? Oh, gosh. Um, At the moment, I really like my fine dining and I really like um, Yellowtail in Terrigal. Thanks, Monique. It's been fun. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. (laughs) Or you can find me every Sunday at Yamcha at Tugra. I am a regular there. (laughs) (laughs) You're insane. I know. It's 9.30 and woo. Thanks, Monty Mac. No worries. Thanks, Carly. (laughs) Mon Mac is a digital specialist at Wisebury Heritage and it was really nice to have her in and pick her brains. In case you're wondering, your dubbing wasn't at high speed, that's just how Mon talks, which is really quickly. Everything we discussed today will be linked in the show notes. Our Heritage drops every Wednesday wherever you get your podcast. It was produced and mixed and mastered by Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.